Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. Right now, Collective is fully online, so if you like the podcast, make sure to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We would love for you to join us. A lot of big things are going on at Collective, so make sure not to miss a week this fall as we will be sharing about how God is moving in our church and what is next for Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. A few weeks ago, Ray and I were having a really tough week. Nothing was going right with the building that Collective is working on. Things we were ordering were showing up broken or damaged or we were getting delayed. We just got the bad news that we wouldn't be able to have our Christmas Eve services in person. As a parent, our kids were having a bad week because it was really cold outside. So we couldn't go outside as much and being cooped up was taking a toll. My wife, Ray, who is a teacher, she had just gotten her class schedule switched up, which meant that we're having to switch up our daycare schedule again. People we love were struggling. So we felt those burdens with them. And there were a million other things that just weren't going our way. Have you ever had a week like that? How about a month like that? How about a 2020 like that? Where the phrase, when it rains, it pours, seems to be the motto. And you find yourself expecting bad news, but hoping and praying for something better. That was the week that we were having. And it was rough. At the end of that week, I was out running errands. And one of the things I needed to do was to get food for my dog. So I walked into PetSmart and they were out of the food that we have to buy for our dog. In five years of buying this food, the shelves have always been full, but not that day. So I grabbed a smaller bag that wasn't quite what she needed, but close enough. And then I walked up to the counter I reached into my wallet to grab the prescription card for the food. And I realized that I had a $10 off coupon. And I'm not going to lie. This made me way happier than it should have. It was just that after a long week, it felt good to get a win, to have something go my way. So I handed the girl the coupon and then she goes, I'm sorry, but this expired yesterday. Yesterday. And I thought, of course it did. And this moment hit me pretty hard because of the week I was having. And don't get me wrong, not being able to use a coupon to buy dog food isn't a big deal. But after a bad week, you feel that, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You just want a win. You just want some good news. Maybe that's what you're thinking this Christmas season. I don't want a new car. I don't want the new iPhone. I don't want more socks. All I want for Christmas is good news. And so today we're continuing our journey through the story of the birth of Jesus in the Bible. And we're looking at the different people who play important roles and we're looking at them through a new lens, the lens of how do I relate to this person? And the goal is to recognize that the people we are reading about are real people with real problems and real wants. And we're trying to figure out what can we learn from them. So over the past few weeks, we've talked about Joseph, King Herod, and the wise men. And on Christmas Eve, Eve, and Eve, we'll be closing out this series by talking about Mary. But for this week, I want to talk about the shepherds. 
Now, oftentimes, if you grew up going to church, if the pastor was talking about the shepherds in this story, they probably harped on the fact that they were dirty and smelly and didn't have a lot of money. And then they probably said something like this, isn't it amazing how people like that played a part in Jesus's birth story? But I think that's played out. Yes, being a shepherd was a blue collar job. Yes, they handled sheep and probably smelled like them. But here's really what you need to know about the shepherds. They took care of sheep and they were normal people. They were just like you and just like me. And that's what I want you to know going into this story. Now let's check this out in Luke 2. It starts like this. That night, now remember, we're reading about the birth of Jesus. So this is in reference to the night that Jesus was born. So the night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And this makes sense because they're shepherds. It would be weird if they were out running laps or playing one-on-one or trying a new TikTok dance. Again, normal people doing normal things. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Okay, so imagine this was you for a minute, right? You're at your desk at work, you're in your kitchen doing some dishes or driving to pick up dinner, and then an angel appears in front of you. How would you respond? Probably in the same way that the shepherds did. They were terrified. They didn't know if this glowing being was there to help them, there to hurt them, or the product of their imagination. But the angel was very real. Luke 2, verse 10, it says this, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. Now, there are a few really important things I want to point out here before we keep reading. The first is that this is exactly what the angel Gabriel said to Mary when he first appeared to her. A few weeks ago, we talked about this moment Gabriel appears to Mary in the middle of the night and says, do not be afraid. You're going to give birth to a child and he will save humanity. And I think this is important because God recognizes that one of our natural responses to things we don't understand is fear. The second thing I want to point out is that the phrase, do not fear, or similar phrases like do not be afraid or fear not, is the number one command in the Bible. Now, let me say that again, just in case you were mid-coffee. Do not be afraid is the number one command in the Bible. Think about this. It's not, do not mess up. It's not, do not have doubts. It's not, do not whatever. This is the number one command in the Bible. Do not be afraid. In fact, I've read that there are 365 references of this phrase in the Bible, And many people will pick one verse and read it every single day for an entire year to try to grow in their trust and in their faith of God. And if you choose to do that for yourself in 2021, here's some of the examples of what you will read. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Just a few verses later, verse 13 For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord, your God, and I say to you, do not be afraid. I'm here to help you. Joshua 1, 9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Luke 12, this is one of my favorites. So don't be afraid, little flock, 
For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Mark 6, they were all terrified when they saw him, him being Jesus. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Now, with that being said, just because someone says, don't be afraid, doesn't mean your fear will magically disappear. It's not like the shepherds heard the angel and thought, well, the glowing angel man said to not be afraid. And my fear completely went away. In February, I went in to have nasal surgery. And I've mentioned this before, but a little over a year ago, I realized that I was not sleeping well and I was constantly getting headaches. And so I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, but that wasn't all. I was also diagnosed with having multiple problems with my sinuses that I always assumed were connected to allergies, but were actually internal issues. So the doctor suggested two surgeries. And during the surgery consult, the doctor explained that the surgeries were so minor that he could do them right in his office and I could actually be awake the entire time. Seems simple enough. On the day of my surgery, I arrived and grabbed my seat. And I looked to the left and there were four nasal needles that didn't look like a normal needle that you jab into your arm. They actually looked more like tattoo needles. If you know what those look like, they're actually hollow because the lidocaine went inside. And then the nurse who was with me grabbed one of those sleep masks and said, now we're going to have to cover your eyes because we don't want you to see what's going on and freak out. But don't worry, you have nothing to be scared of. So I did what any normal person would do, and I began to freak out. I stopped her from putting on the mask and I proceeded to ask her one million questions. Why are those needles so big? You said not to worry, but should I be worried? Is it like getting a shot or something worse? Side note, much worse. They actually stuck the giant metal needles into my nose until they practically touched my brain and then left them there until my entire face was numb. But just because someone said, don't freak out, don't be afraid, didn't mean that my fear magically disappeared. In fact, I didn't really feel peace about the situation until they explained to me what was going on. And I imagine that this is how the shepherds felt when the angel said, don't be afraid. There's no way that they looked back and said, okay, because you said so, or this seems super chill, so we're not going to be afraid. That makes sense. Of course they were afraid. It was reasonable for them to be afraid. We would all be afraid if we were in that scenario. But the angel doesn't just tell them not to be afraid. The angel goes on to explain why they don't have to have fear. And this is what the angel said to them in verse 10. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. How many of you want good news, right? Good news about COVID, good news about work, good news about the tests, good news about another stimulus, good news about the application, good news about Washington winning and the Giants losing, so we are in first place in our division. Good news just for the sake of good news. We want good news. I want good news. In fact, at the beginning of the pandemic, I would spend hours every single day reading the news and watching every update possible in search of good news. I know some of you did the same thing, but the more I searched, the more I realized that even the good things that were happening 
didn't last. There were brief moments of joy, brief moments of hope, brief moments of goodness, but they would all fade away as the bad news continued to roll in. Because here's the problem. Our emotions are so tied to material things in our lives that we rely on them to be our source of good news. We rely so much on our career, on other people, on sports, on our government. We rely so much on things that will all fade away as our source of good news. And sure, these things can get us through an hour, through a day, or maybe even through a few years. And that isn't bad at all. But the good news that comes from the material things of this world is fleeting. And so if you're like me, searching for something good, something actually good, something that transcends bad weeks and expired coupons, this next verse will fill you up, I promise. So the angel says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The only good news that will ever bring great joy to all people is this. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. Jesus has been born. Someone has come to rescue us from this world, from ourselves, from our sin. Someone has come who loves us so much that he will use his own life to pay a debt that we owe so we can spend eternity with God in heaven. This is the good news that you need. This is the good news that I need. This is the good news that will actually bring joy to all people. That we don't have to save ourselves. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be our own God. We don't have to lead our own life. Someone else who is full of grace, full of joy, full of empathy, full of love can do that for us. And no, This isn't the extra money that helps you pay the bills. This isn't the blind date that helps you find a spouse. This isn't the treatment that helps you beat cancer. This isn't the interview that helps you start the new career that you love. This isn't the moment at the end of the Hallmark movie where everything falls into place. But this is the good news that we can hold onto in the crap of life. And this hope isn't the kind that goes away. We can't break it. We don't lose it. This is lifelong, life-giving good news. And that is exactly what the shepherds needed. That's exactly what we need. And if you are a follower of Jesus, this is the good news that you hold on to every day. That even when things aren't going your way, you know that you have a savior who loves you. Even when your family is in pain, you know that you have a Messiah, someone who came to rescue you. And even when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know that Jesus Jesus promises you that life on this earth is minor compared to eternity in heaven where all things are made new. That is the good news that gets you through the hard times in life. And that is the good news that makes great days even sweeter. And nothing else can bring good news like this. If you are not a follower of Jesus, please know that nothing else in your life will bring you good news and great joy in the same way that Jesus will. Nothing will bring you great joy like Jesus's grace, Jesus's love, Jesus's purpose, Jesus's peace. And you can search your whole life 
for good news. You can try everything that this world has to offer, but it will always fall short. So if you are looking for something good, if you find yourself hoping and praying for good news, please know that it came in the form of a child and was made complete when he died on a cross for our sins and was resurrected from the dead, proving that he was the son of God, proving that he had the power to give new life, proving that good news and great joy are real. So if you're searching for something better and that led you to collective online today, you came to the right place because Jesus is where it's at. If you want to talk more about what that means for you, if you want to talk more about choosing good news through the ups and downs of life, we would love to have a conversation with you. Just check the baptism box in your connection card online on the app and Danielle will follow up with you this week. But that isn't where the story ends. So let's keep reading. Verse 12, it says this, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And so the angel's saying, don't just take my word for it. Go back and check for yourselves. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. In other words, Christmas music has been a part of Christmas since the very beginning. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So here's the next step that I want you to take away from this story. And I want you to write this down. Good news is to be shared. Good news is to be shared. After seeing the baby, just as the angel had described, they went out and told everyone what had happened. And then guess what? Check this out. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So wait, after all that, they just went back to their normal life. They just went back to being shepherds. Yes. And the reason why is because this is real life, right? This isn't a fairy tale because if it was, they would all have been made kings or would have gotten a unicorn that could fly around showering people with Jesus-y things. But that isn't what happens. The shepherds had their lives turned upside down. They tell everyone they know that they saw this baby, that Jesus is real, that there is a savior, that the Messiah is here. And then they go back to work. They just have a little extra hope that they can hold on to in the highs and lows of life. That is real life. That is my life. That's your life. That is the life of people who follow Jesus. Following Jesus looks a lot like this. Normal people with normal jobs, living in normal cities with normal friends, who have a hope that will never fade because of their faith in Jesus. And they try to bring that hope to as many people as possible as they live their normal lives. In other words, you don't have to become a pastor to bring good news to people. You don't have to sell all of your possessions and go to another country. You don't have to become a Christian blogger or influencer to make a difference. You can just be you. You can be a mom. You can be a high schooler. You can be someone who used to be an atheist. 
You could be someone who grew up in church and then walked away making a ton of terrible decisions, but are now back trying to live your life the way Jesus asks. You can be divorced. You can be new to faith. You can be rich or poor. You can be any race. You can be normal and live a normal life and have good news and share good news. And that's something that I can relate to. And hopefully you can too. And if you can relate to that, here's the second thing I want you to write down. Who do I need to share good news with? Who do you need to reach out to this week to let them know that there's good news that brings great joy and it's all about Jesus. And listen, I know it's nerve wracking to talk to other people about Jesus in church. I totally get that. But if you truly do believe that this is the greatest news in the history of the world, why wouldn't you want to share it with other people? And right now is the best time to do this. People are more open to talking about church or to an invitation to church on Christmas than any other time of the year. So your friends are waiting. Your family is waiting. Your coworkers are waiting. Don't keep it to yourself. And I know that it's a little different this year with Collective being online this Christmas Eve, but doesn't that take some of the vulnerability away? Isn't it easier right now to check out Collective than ever? Isn't it easier right now to invite someone? We want to help you do that. So here are a few practical ways to share Christmas with Collective with people. Starting tonight, there will be a Starbucks gift card on the app. So make sure you download the app. And what we want you to do is buy a drink for someone. Bring it to work, surprise them at home, whatever. And take a few minutes to see how they're doing. And then ask them to watch with you online on the 23rd at 7 p.m. or the 24th at 4 p.m. And if they say no, it's okay. Another example is that while you're watching on the 23rd or 24th, share on social media that your family is tuning in. Take a picture with you in your hot chocolate or in your matching pajamas or in front of the tree. However you are watching, share it on social media so your friends and family know how you are celebrating Christmas this year. Another idea that we posted in the Facebook event last week, put together hot chocolate kits and drop them off at your neighbors. Check on them, encourage them, see how they're doing then invite them to watch Christmas Eve. Ultimately, find a way to see people and care for people and then invite them to experience real hope. And listen, I don't know what many of you are going through right now. I know what some of you are going through and it's heavy, like really heavy. Please don't lose hope because there is great news that brings great joy for all people. And that news is that Jesus is real. He loves you and he's with you. So this Christmas, I hope that with everything else going on and how it isn't what you want it to be or how you imagined it would be or how you hoped it would be, this is the news that can carry you through tomorrow and the next day and the next. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for good news. Good news that uh, comes to us freely. Good news that we can hold on to in the highs and lows of life. Good news that we have um, when life isn't going the way that we want it to or hoped it would or even prayed it would. 
God, I pray this week as, as we struggle, um, and the truth is right now people are just struggling. Um, God, as they're trying to figure out what to hold on to and what to grasp and what's real, God, I pray that this week that they are reminded, that we are all reminded that there is good news that brings great joy. It's the fact that you sent your son to be born as a child and he would grow up to live a life that would redeem us, that would buy us back from our own sin, that would free us in a life that would be full of grace. God, I pray for people right now who are struggling, who um, are skeptical about you or don't know you or uh, kind of kept you at a distance. I pray that this is the season where they realize that you can offer them something that doesn't fade away, that doesn't break, that they can't lose in the good news that you bring into their life. God, the news that you love them, that you value them, that you see them, that you'll give everything that you have to have a relationship with them. God, we know, we know that that is good news. And God, we know that is better than anything else that the world has to offer. But I pray as we struggle right now, as we hit the valleys of this season, God, as we realize that there are things that we've missed or things that we don't have anymore, God, that that is the news that we go back to, that we hold on to, and that we remember daily. God, we thank you and love you and pray this in your name. Amen.